And his comment on Facebook was, you know, Sarah sent this to me. She wanted me to stop for five minutes and watch this. And I was so annoyed. And then I started, I hit play and I was instantly moved to tears because what you have given me, you know, I just didn't realize how precious our Monday life was. And I hear it a lot when people find out what I do. They're like, oh, I love what you do. It's so great. Our life isn't that interesting. And it's like every family in my, every family I've ever filmed, there's not a family I film that thinks their life is so spectacular. Like, (laughs) they just understand that even though it's not spectacular, it's still worth telling, right? The story is still worth capturing. What you're living is spectacular. I'm going to show you that. So it's easy to get caught up in wanting to bedazzle it. But in reality, like what you are living is going to be what you miss. Help Me See is a podcast based in intention purpose and heart vulnerable real conversations challenging the norms and empowering you to harness your intentional vision for your purposeful life around here we're not about the small talk we're unpacking all of the unnecessary crap that we've carried with us for far too long some of these episodes are solo style i like to call them my little audio journal with my innermost thoughts that leave me thinking am i the only one that feels like this and then some super inspiring guests having conversations that i truly feel like are needed in today's world listen into a new episode every wednesday and leave inspired by your everyday with the deep peace of knowing that you're not alone and have the innate power to make this life count. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Today was a hard day. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out here because I want to normalize just not having a good day and not really having a reason why I was going about my day. I had plenty of things that I was like looking forward to doing. And I was just filled with such anxiety. Like I was on a zoom call and all of a sudden I felt like, I don't know. I was like a highly aware of like my tongue in my mouth. It was the weirdest thing. Um, and it was just getting me really stressed. Like my heart rate was going up the whole thing and all's good in the hood now. But I just want to say that instead of saying things are great or putting on any sort of front, because I think that it's important to understand that so many of us have these experiences. I think that you can tell that people are just so ready to connect and be seen and to show they see you when you say something like that. And someone says, oh, me too. Oh, I get that too. It's like they cannot wait to say me too because they were just kind of waiting for someone else to say it first so that they could feel safe in saying so. So I will just say that today I had a day of anxiety for unknown reasons. And uh, that's just what my Tuesday looked like. Moving on today on the episode, we have Jenny Pyferone and she is a family filmmaker and she does some really beautiful work. A little bit about her. I'll read, I'll read some of her blurb straight from her email. 
She is an ex-newborn posing photographer whose world was completely flipped upside down by discovering family films. Uh, she's been a photographer since 2010 and has uh, degrees in early childhood education and developmental psychology. She lost her mother at the age of 25, which really wisened her at a young age. She takes nothing for granted and strives to appreciate every single day. She last saw her mother at her wedding and wedding videography wasn't a thing. And she says what I wouldn't give to have had those moments and facial expressions and all of the memories on film, as well as audio of her voice. She now draws on those experiences to give families the ultimate time capsule. And she loves every second of it. So sweet. Um, so today's conversation with Jenny, we talk about why your Monday now is actually spectacular and what you'll want to remember from that. The consequences of putting things off and waiting for quote unquote better days when this is ready, when I look like this, when I get that and how you can capture your own family photos and family videos more intentionally. Without further ado, let's hear from Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. How are you today? I'm great. You? I am good. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, you know, with the magic of Instagram, love it or hate it, I am happy to have come across you and your work. It's so beautiful. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you um, for our listeners, because I feel like it's it rings really true to our hearts here. Um, yeah, thank you for that compliment. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So um, Jenny makes some beautiful family films. And before we get a little bit more into that, uh, I just want to first hear a little bit about you and your background and your story and your why. Yeah. Um, there's two parts to my why. So the first part, I think, in hindsight, um, was planted in 2006. I got married. Um, and my mom, I, I was raised by a single mom and she walked me down the aisle and back then wedding videography, just, it wasn't a thing. And, um, I didn't know this obviously, but that would be the last day I saw her alive. Um, she passed away three weeks later and I still to this day don't have any audio. I don't have any video of her. Um, so I think, and then on top of that, the trauma of losing her really, hindered my ability to remember my wedding well. Um, it would be months before some of the memories would come back. Um, and then part two is in 2017, after years of doing posed newborn work and um, posed client work, I hired somebody, a family filmmaker from Sydney, Australia, to film my family. And when I saw the photos and the video, I was moved to tears and I just haven't been the same since. And it was kind of this awakening of, am I serving my clients as well as I could be and giving them what um, the intention of photography was meant to. Oh my gosh. Awakening. That's powerful. That is, that is powerful. So when you were watching that film back, what is it that you felt when, when you feel like you had that kind of vision? Well, it first happened actually with the photos, which was shocking to me. I knew she was going to take photos, but I was like, yeah, okay, cool photos. I'm looking forward to the film. And yeah. she took the photos first. And those made me cry, which was kind of shocking because I've had family photos done by some really famous photographers. And 
Um, so I remember there was one photo in particular of my son putting his sock on. He's on his belly on a bench, reaching behind him to put a sock on. And you just don't realize what you're missing out on when you're waiting for a perfect photo. You're, you're missing out on, on who he is as a person at that age. And someday he's going to grow up and he's going to be an adult and he's not going to be six or seven and doing silly things. And so you're he'll put his socks on very normally. <laughs> he will put his socks on normally. He will outgrow it. And um, so that moved me to tears. And then the film just, I still remember like one thing that she honed in on during our questionnaire was, um, what do you want to remember? And I said, I want to remember waking up and snuggling in my bed in the morning. And they both boys came in and they snuggled every morning. Um, and she spent the night at my house to wake up early to be able to film that. And not long after my oldest stopped snuggling with me in the morning. So, um, that was just so priceless. Um, we also have chickens. We have a chicken coop. And I still remember the video of my son running down to the coop in his rain boots um, and opening and letting the chickens out. So it's just, it's the feeling of what it feels like to live my life right now. And that's, it's just, it's profound. So it's so profound and it's so elusive. Isn't it so crazy? It's like, how many times is your son putting on his sock like that? And you're like, oh my gosh, just come on. We're late, you know? And it's like, it's such an innocent thing that you're missing. I think that that's an important part of it. I'm in a very similar line of work here. And it's really important for me to try to break away from the guilt of it that comes with that to think like how you know, how can I be missing it? And kind of normalize, of course you're missing it. Like it's hard. Life is hard. Momming is hard. You know, there's so much going on. It's important for me to acknowledge the part of the conversation that I feel like it's so easy to trip into, which is like feeling added guilt. We do not need any more guilt on our plates and on our minds. It's so easy for us to not see this stuff because we are doing so much every single day of our lives. We're thinking about so much. We're caring so much. But these conversations are important because it helps. It helps us to just notice. You know, we don't have to walk around every single moment of our day with this like looming black cloud of like, oh, what am I missing? What am I missing? But it is really important to like have these conversations and have this awareness so that you're able to notice. And it's like little pings that go off in your head. Like, okay, there, there. Oh, wait, it's not just he's taking longer to put on the sock. It's actually heartbreakingly adorable that he's putting on a sock, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it comes down to even filmmaking and photography aside, just being an intentional parent, being an intentional person and being able to find how to be an intentional person. So for me, that means I have to wake up and I have to have quiet time in the morning so that I don't start off my day feeling that stress. Because if you feel that stress, it's going to be really hard for you to give pause during the day and to be able to pause and say, how can I handle this situation with my child putting on his sock silly when we need to get out of the house in five minutes? How can I appreciate this and then also get him to move on or whatever or capture it if that's what you have time to do? So um, that's what I find. My clients are intentional parents. Mm -hmm. They're, They're people that think about you know, 
the, the way they talk, the way they write on Instagram, they're saying things like, you know, in the mornings when he, when he touches my hair, when I'm nursing him, like they have very distinct details of their day that they, whether or not they know it, they see it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to is that intentionality. Yeah. And the intentionality in it, in a way that it's like a lifestyle, like it's, you know, it's in spite of the odds, it's in spite of the chaos. It's, it's kind of like having that level of resilience to be like, okay, curveball. And how am I going to digest the situation now? And also not, you know, feeling, uh, once again, feeling a level of guilt. If you don't appreciate a moment in the moment, if you're having that thought and thinking back, like, oh, I should have handled that differently, or I could have, that's still a win because that means that you actually are thinking about it in that way. So I feel like there's many levels of forgiveness in this. And um, I'm excited to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, you have obviously had a lot of exposure to so many precious, mundane, beautiful moments. In your experience, you know, what are some of your favorites? What's something that might surprise people to hear that actually turned out to be so precious that people end up loving in their photos and their videos? Yeah. Um, I think my favorites are when it's dad and whatever dad's doing with the child, because the mom usually is hiring me because she gets it. So, but when I can sell what I do to dad, when I can move a dad to tears, I feel like that's my favorite win. Um, and showing them the video or the audio of what he's doing in his son's life. And that it's bigger than he thinks. Mm. Um, I feel like that's my favorite thing. So one of my favorites was a film from about a year ago. And it's a family. And they go down to the creek. And I think they like have lunch and they pray and all that. And then they go into their music room. And dad plays the guitar with his son. And it's the most epic. It's by far one of my favorite scenes. Because mom is dancing with her middle child. The baby's on the floor playing. and dad is playing guitar and teaching his oldest child to play guitar. And I filmed it and I, I photographed it. And, um, later dad threw a comment on Facebook. So I send them the film. His wife is like, you need to watch this today. Usually they sit down together like at a time in the evening, but for whatever reason, she watched it and sent it to him in the middle of a work day. And his comment on Facebook was, you know, Sarah sent this to me. She wanted me to stop for five minutes and watch this. And I was so annoyed. And then I started, I hit play and I was instantly moved to tears because what you have given me, you know, I just didn't realize how precious our mundane life was. And I hear it a lot when people find out what I do. They're like, Oh, I love what you do. It's so great. Our life isn't that interesting. And it's like, Every family in my, every family I've ever filmed, there's not a family I film that thinks their life is so spectacular. Like (laughs) they just understand that even though it's not spectacular, it's still worth telling, right? The story is still worth capturing. Um, So I deal with a lot of that. I just had a Zoom call with a client for this Saturday's film and she started off, should we go somewhere else? We're always at home. Should we go somewhere else and do something spectacular? I'm like, no. What you're living is spectacular. I'm going to show you that. So it's easy to get caught up in wanting to bedazzle it. But in reality, like what you are living is going to be what you miss. Right. 
Right. So, right. And why, I, I know that you had mentioned that you have a bit of a background in psychology and why, why do you think that? Why do you think it's so easy for people to get caught up in not realizing what it is that they actually need versus what they think they want? I think it's a combination of things. I think we live in a time that's more in the now than ever. So we're thinking about instant gratification, order, order, click, click, bye, bye. What can I do today? What do I need right now? And then social media. Social media makes us feel like, well, my life is inadequate compared to anybody else's that they see on social media. And so they think in order to be special and unique, they have to be Pinterest worthy or they have to be skinny or, you know, I hear that all the time. You know, I want one when my house is done. I want one when we move to our better house, when I lose the weight. And so it's always when things will get better, when we have more of something Mm. like, like there's this achievable perfect and there's just not, there's always stuff undone. There's always imperfections, but your kids, your kids don't care about that stuff. Um, And 20 years from now, those things are not going to be important when you watch the video back. So I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's a conversation on milestone versus journey. You think when I achieve this, then this, I'll feel like this. And then when you do and you don't feel any different, it's very disorienting. It's like, wait, what? I've been waiting for this and it's here. Why do I still feel the same? You know, so fine. And it's funny how you say that we're in in this culture of like very now immediate gratification. However, it's harder than ever to be in the now. It's harder than ever to be present because of that. It's like I describe it, you know, it just feels like such frenetic energy. It's like being still feels absurd. Like I've been trying to get into a habit of meditation and it's crazy to me what goes on in my body and my brain when I just try to sit still, how many times I I feel my hand go to go up to like grab something or check something or, you know, so it's, it's such a highly contrasted world we're in, in that everything we're wanting and everything that we're seeing is really hard to experience. Well, and like you said, you said, when I achieve X, Y, Z, I should feel differently, but what, we can learn from that is the, the issues aren't external, mm. right? They're internal. So as soon as you turn inward and you start loving yourself, regardless of weight or clothes or hair or house or whatever, then you realize you you are enough, right? We have an issue in America where women don't realize they are enough, that they have value. Um, and every family is enough and, and every mother is enough. Um, and we don't have that intrinsic value within ourselves. And I think that that's where it all starts too. Mm -hmm. And that pressure and the pressure and the expectation that ends up being on yourself, there's balance to the conversation, right? I think about how, you know, if I'm ever done up or put my makeup on or I get dressed, I'm like, oh, this is the day I should be taking photos and we need to yada, yada, yada. And then I laugh because I think I look at some of those pictures and I'm like, my kids are going to be like, who who's that like mommy usually doesn't look like that you know (laughs) so while we have all the right in the world to want to or to be able to enjoy the photos and enjoy how we look in them and feel as confident as we can and want to um 
there needs, I feel like there needs to be balance in that. Yes. But also don't let this Mount Everest of pressure be what's built on that. Like, yes, of course I want to like the way I look, but also I want to have this healthy perspective of, I know that's not the most important part. And I also know that my feelings about my looks might change two months, six months, a year down the road when the importance of this photograph or film fluctuates and kind of like balances out over time. It's true. It's true. And your, your kids just don't, they don't see that. All they see is their mommy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you aren't in the photos and if you aren't in the videos, then you're missing from the family album, aren't you? You're missing from the family yep. story. Yep. Yeah. I am. Um, it's funny. I, hosted this challenge a few months ago it's called get mama in the photo and it's just and i i phrase it in that i'm like it's not reinventing the wheel it's you know three different challenges three different days of things that you might say oh yeah of course but do you do it do you get in the photo do you you know in any way in a selfie way in a setting up your your phone to record a video and just like getting on the couch in the frame and cuddling up with your little ones like just find the ways that are work for you. You don't have to, you know, if at that point in time, you can't afford to hire someone like don't make it so grand that you build it up and you wait and you wait. And then it years go by, you know, let these small wins be as significant as they are. Yeah. And stop using the really plasticky filters on Instagram. You know, I think that that, I really think that hinders our society a lot, both using it for, for other people and using it for ourselves because we're communicating an expectation. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying no filter. Mama needs a filter sometimes, but maybe we can make it more realistic. Yeah. And just, and this healthy balance too of like, once again, of like, yes, I deserve to enjoy the way I look, but also acknowledging that there has to be this healthy balance so that when I'm looking at pictures a year from now, I'm like, wait, what did I, what did I look like? Is that, I know that's not me, but what did I look like? Um, what, how, so in the way that you serve your families, your clients, how does that impact or influence the way that you document and experience your own life, your home life? Um, with my home life, I tend to use my phone a lot. So I'm a big fan of your phone. If I pull out the camera, my boys are 12 and nine. They just get really weird, really quick. So I hire out a lot. We're actually having our family filmed again this Sunday. It'll be the first one since 2019 because my first film was in 2017 and the woman lived in Sydney. My second film was in 2019 and she lived in Saudi Arabia. And so because of COVID, I've been kind of without. And so now I have a girl that's local here that we went to the same workshop in 2017. So she's coming on Sunday and she's going to film my family. Um, so I tend to do a lot of hiring out for that reason, just because, like I said, my kids aren't. If we go on a trip, I will pull out the big camera. Um, right. And they do better that way. But if I were to do it in my house, my mine are just so not desensitized to that. that they they get really irritated. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I tend to use my phone because then it's like an object that's always there that they don't notice. So, and your phone, phones are so great now. Like I don't see anything wrong with using them Yes, as long as you know how to use it. Um, and I did write an ebook on this, um, how to like what settings to be in for video and to turn it horizontally. Yes. Yes. I'm like, we don't watch TV vertically. Yes. Turn it horizontally. 
Um, so yeah, I use um, that. And then you asked how I serve my family clients. Is that what you said too? Just how you, just your experience with them. Like I, you know, I find that sometimes when I'm with a client and experiencing something like you experience, you're talking about uh, the father with the son playing guitar. I find that after I experience that with a client, I'll come back home and see things magnetized again as well. Like, I feel like being able to witness that it's like when you go to a hotel room and you're like, you wake up in the morning and like the, you notice the light and like, Oh, the light hits this really interesting. Or, you know, when you're not in your typical surroundings, you're less numb. So things kind of jump out at you. So in my experience, I find that like when I go home, I'm noticing more of those nuances because of my client work. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, being able to to be an, an observer. Basically, I'm a fly on the wall during films. And um, so I notice things that they don't notice. And I notice things they do notice. And so yeah, when I come home, I mean, I feel like I'm always in that mode, though, like I see it all the time, instead of like, it's not really heightened at that time. Sometimes I have to shut it off because I'm filming people in my head. I'll be sitting right, in a restaurant right. staring at a family. Yeah, they're so cute and they're so precious and they're super interactive with their kids and I'm filming them in my head staring at them and I'm like oh my gosh I've got to shut this off and stop making them feel watched (laughs) that tends to be my bigger problem is shutting it off because it's all I see but right right yes this double vision um something that I actually just because it's so top of mind for me right now that I wanted to touch on is um responding it's a little bit uh of a departure from what we're talking about, but I love how you're saying that, you know, the first family photographer that you or videographer that you hired was from Sydney. The other one was from Saudi Arabia, I think you said. Um, and you know, I've had that experience as well where I, you know, for our vows, we, we went and went in the woods and just read some vows and I flew in our videographers from somewhere else. And I was like, why didn't you just find someone local? I love, I love hiring local as well, but there's something to be said for when you feel that ping in your chest and you see someone's work or you connect with someone, the fruits of like following that, like, can you speak a little bit about what made you decide to hire someone out that was like living so far away and, you know, go with the less quote unquote convenient choice because of you're responding to something emotionally. Well, my response won't be what you think. So the Sydney girl, was from Murfreesboro near me. Wow. Just coming back to teach a workshop and visit her family. So That's it amazing. ended up being actually convenient, more convenient than it sounds. Um, That's amazing. So I was like, I'm going to sign up for the workshop. And while you're here, I want you to film my family. Um, so I didn't have to pay any extra for like travel. Um, and then with the second woman, she lived both in Saudi Arabia and in Houston. And so if you, if you can link that, it was oil, the oil industry her husband worked for. Mm. So they had a house in Houston and they would spend part of the year here and part of the year there. And when she came back in 2019, she traveled all over the United States. And she was at the workshop I was at in 2017 and ended up working for Courtney. So Courtney Holmes is the lady in Sydney and she's the inventor of family films. She invented it. Her story is amazing. Um, and then she started the Filming Life Academy. So there's a whole academy to train people how to do this. And the second woman's name is Allison Redmond. Allison ended up working for the Filming Life Academy. 
And so she was coming to the United States and she was going to travel all over and do films for people. And I asked for mentoring and I asked for a family film. Um, so that was kind of how I did that. Um, so I didn't like actually fly somebody over here. Oh yeah. But I mean, just picking someone, there's so many options, right? So what is it that you're responding to when you're like, yes, Mm -hmm. I want you to take this for me. Like, I know that you are going to make something that my heart like swells for. How do you go about knowing who to choose? I think it's just how it makes you feel when you watch their films. and. It's more than, it's not a technical thing. Like anybody can make a technical film, but the thing with family films that's different from from photography is you're trying to produce a feeling. You're not trying to produce just a clip with a clip with a clip and some background music, which is what a lot of people think it is. And it's not like when I'm listening to a song and I'm watching clips while the song's in the background so I can feel it. It's a feeling. And so it, when I watched these two women's films, um, it, it was the feeling that they produced that I wanted to capture my family and have those feelings of what it felt like to live my life. Right. Yeah. And I think that comes down the core and the root of it is like when you're seeing some work that you're responding to emotionally, it's like, it's basically saying like, I like the way you see And I would love to be able to see myself and my family through your eyes. So then after that experience, like what you said, you had like an awakening, like you weren't the same after you had that experience, because when you're able to see yourself through that lens, it kind of recalibrates, right? So, you know, it's almost like you'll never be the same again after that film, because what they show you or whatever that person is that shows you about your life you know, oftentimes we feel like we know everything about our lives because we're in it, but being able to extract yourself and see in that way is a gift that, I mean, it's just priceless and it'll never stop giving. Yeah, exactly. And it increases in value year after year, after year right? Uh, yes. Day so, after day. You know, I have a friend who, um, she lost her husband already. She has three children and she lost her husband to colon cancer and her oldest has all these recordings that they put together of his voice and him just talking and he listens to them all the time. And that's his most valuable possession. It's not the photo of their family on a quilt in the field that I took, but that's what he found valuable. And so what you just said, where it produces a feeling like one of the, you know, there's a variety of options for parents and families to capture their family from the most posed studio scenario all the way to a true documentary in your house. And I think when you're a parent and you're trying to figure out what you want, I think you need to think about when you're 60 and you're 70 mm-hmm. and when your kids are grown and what you'll miss about now. Mm-hmm. And if that's not your family on a quilt, then that might not be the right option for you. And your family on a quilt being semi-posed is still valuable. All things are have value, you know, value in them. But it's the difference is thinking about what you'll want. And we're having this first generation getting into, you know, raising teenagers and looking back and saying, I have nothing of our everyday. I yes. did I did cake smashes. I did, you know, Christmas card photos every year. And so everything has become a checklist according to what we see on social media. 
and not so much about what we treasure or cherish or want later in life. And so it's that, it's that pivotal thought to kind of consider when you're thinking about how you want your family captured and what you want to remember in life. Um, yeah. And, and as you say, there's value in all of it and there's space for all of it. But the problem happens when you get into this unconscious habit of like Christmas photos every year. So then you trick yourself into thinking, oh, yes, I'm good about this. I'm, I'm capturing once a year. I hire out. And, but what is it that you're capturing in that every, every photo shoot? And so, you know, of course, like if you're able to have, you know, four different photo shoots a year and some of it's posed because you want this print on your wall and some of it's documentary and some of that's great. But like when you're getting into an unconscious habit, I feel like is where then we can end up a couple of years down the road. And then you're looking back with maybe some regrets or some realizations that you didn't quite have at the time. Yeah, exactly. I have a woman actually who contacted me through Instagram in the last week. And she said, so her husband passed away unexpectedly in the summer. She was pregnant at the time. And she said, we have so many photos. I'm so grateful for photos, but I really wish we had more video of him. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's, it's that it's living as if your life is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. It's just a hard space to live in because it's scary. But I think it's so incredibly important because you do not get to go back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. You don't get this time back. This time is short. And I think the more we try to live that way, the better of humans we are. The better human, the better choices we make. You know, you probably won't scream at your child for spilling milk if you're thinking, what if today is my last day? Mm -hmm. So I live a lot like that. And I think I live that way because I went through something most people don't go through at the age of 25. And when you live through it, it does change how you live life because you're forced to realize that life is short. It's mm-hmm. not so, yeah, it's just, it's just conscious living. And I've, I've struggled. Uh, I have very similar feelings and I've struggled with the um, kind of morbidity of it. I feel like sometimes I feel like it's like this lock screen almost in my vision that I don't want to have all the time, like that it's oftentimes can feel so heavy. Um, but when you're trying, you're making it integrate in your life in a way that it's just like a noticing and an awareness over something that's looming over you, then I feel like it could have this very healthy um, benefit. It's almost like a security net in that, you know, when life happens as it does, then because you're living in this way, you're able to go back. You're able to reflect. You're able to have these like priceless heirlooms that you have because you were just living in a way that embodied, you know, your highest values. Do you have any, with all of your experience, do you have any tips on how you could kind of like break out of that fog in your own family and start to notice and start to take the photos that you really want rather than think you want? Yeah, I actually do. I think I think it comes down to um, finding a way to practice gratitude. Mm. I really think gratitude practice is the key to a lot of happiness, a lot of contentment. Um, I feel like in my own personal life, I struggle with having an imperfect house was a big struggle for a long time because I moved into this house with plans to do stuff to it, and I can easily 
I'm going to make what my statement into a metaphor, but I can easily stare at the carpet that I hate or the formica that I hate or whatever you want to call it. Anything. I mean, we can have a laundry list of stuff in my house, you know, and I can stare at that every day. I can wake up and just be angry, right? I'm angry because this isn't this way and this isn't that way. Or I can be grateful that I have a brick house on five and a half acres and the sun rises in the front and the sun sets in the back. And I can be grateful that I have chickens that eat the ticks in the yard. I can be grateful that the light comes into the house and it brightens the space or, you know, whatever. I can be grateful that I have a stove that works or an oven that works. I think waking up with gratitude and going to bed with gratitude is the number one way to start living more intentionally. And, and, and it affects your whole family when you practice that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my long answer. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Gratitude practice will help, will help kind of awaken your senses a little bit more to your day to day. And you'll be able to see that mundane a little bit more easily. Well, this has been a beautiful chat. Please tell us how can we see your beautiful family films and where do we find out more about you? Yeah. Um, I have a website, jennypiperone.com. Um, and then my Instagram, I post a lot of reels and um videos and photos on there as well well thank you thank you so much jenny and uh i will link jenny's um website and instagram in the show notes if you want to take a look thank you so much thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it if you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me join the help me see podcast private facebook group Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.